It's a sort of a relief that Jesus didn't predict issues between fathers and daughters or father-in-laws and son-in-laws. <laughs> you have to take what you can get. Jesus' remarks, anyway, enshrined in this morning's gospel, seem startling because they bring into question a sacrosanct American institution, the family. Jesus said, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and one's enemies will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. The statement about not bringing peace but a sword has been greatly understood, misunderstood throughout history, justifying the shedding of untold buckets of blood by Christians, including, by the way, the never forgotten Christian crusades against Muslim people, for instance. But the Bible makes clear the sword of Jesus has one function only, to cut, if necessary, the umbilical to one's family and or friends of origin for the sake of justice. What's really disturbing is that Jesus will not let us evade adult responsibilities as falsely innocent children in a world of injustice. A book by Melina and Rohrbaugh entitled A Social Science Commentary on the Synaptic Gospels nicely brings this unexpected speech to life. Anyone unplugging from friends or family of origin to cast one's fate with a surrogate family, for St. Matthew that is the Christian family, should prepare for incumbent family and friends to turn against them. Quote, the break with family of origin and social networks implied in Jesus' call for inclusive table fellowship is here made explicit, and the price to be paid for it is spelled out. A surrogate family made up of the inclusive Christian community is to take the place of one's original community of privilege, close quote. The move from 
privilege to equality is difficult, costly, and without a sword, not very likely. Have I ever actually seen people using such a sword in this way? Yes. One true story involves a phone call that came to me not too many years ago. A woman with a German accent, someone I did not know, told me she had just inherited money. And rather than getting used to being a beneficiary of her father's World War II Nazi connections, she was determined to give it away. I visited her in a rural village on the East Coast. She said that as a girl, she had desperately wanted to go to college in the U.S., but her father said never to leave Germany. Foreign universities were not for German young women. She defied him, becoming a student in this country, so he dispossessed her. When he died, his money went to her mother, and after the mother's death, it came to her. It had been made during the Nazi era by brutal exploitation of Jews. She gave it all away in the hope that it might help people in need. Bravely and without hesitation, she wielded the sword of Jesus for its intended purpose. Another true story. Years ago, I read an account of a cocktail party in New York City. As well-dressed people gathered, one person in particular was heard to make anti-Semitic remarks. The host approached him and said, I am very sorry. I've never done this before, but you must leave. We do not disrespect people here. And he ushered the bigot out the door. And a final true story closer to my house. So many years ago, I made a new friend at college. I knew he drank too much then. More recently, when he would get into the sauce, I noticed he would turn mean and then start making racist remarks against black people. I told him one fine day that we don't do racism in our house. So, good luck and goodbye. I don't feel virtuous about that. It's just that as Jesus knew, when the world reduces the options to agreeing with wickedness 
or cutting the self away from it, it just doesn't work to hide out in feigned innocence or feigned ignorance. Sometimes real-world circumstances do not permit bearing with someone intent upon harming others. Given the way the world approaches us, adults have no choice to hide out as innocent children within families or among friends of origin. For an adult, the neurotic need for innocence is cowardice and mendacity. Some things you don't put up with and retain a moral compass. I know there are people among us who have struggled and personally paid the price for cutting themselves away from wickedness, exclusion, predatory privilege, exploitation, all that would diminish a life of courage and integrity. Cutting the self off from all that used to hold us for the sake of a new world of genuine justice is hard. Wielding the sword when necessary is hard. Jesus knew that, so he delivered this assurance, quote, those who lose their life for my sake will find it.